Kula Note. The podcast. Ralph, good afternoon to you. It's it's great to hear you're you're back in Ireland again. Uh, you're heading for a pretty um, intensive tour, but it seems to be not so much just going out on the road. It's you have a strong connection with Ireland and have had for many years. I know. I'm very fortunate in that respect. I, I first uh, my first visit to Ireland was uh, was in the north at the start of the troubles, actually, uh, right. in 1969. Wow! But over the years, my my friendships and uh, you know and my musical associations and the songs themselves have, have actually brought me to Ireland so many times, and I love any excuse to get over. And uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this this trip immensely yeah. yeah and and have you been here recently or were you you subject to the same whatever we want to call it it's it's the well, I was there yesterday actually oh, right. i just came home they i was coming over to do some promotion and british airways lost my guitar <gasps> and no. i arrived the guitar was still in london oh, i've got back to london last night and i've just heard from british airways my guitar has arrived at the hotel in dublin oh mother so, of uh, mercy you know, you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's a bit of anguish, but it's typical of it's rock and roll, isn't it? Show business, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's was happened. it? Was it? Martin Carthy used to call it the rough and tumble, which is a lovely yeah, euphemism. It is, yes. It's, uh, <laughs> but the guitar is in good shape. That's that's the most very polite way of putting it. Yeah, I I I I think he was the master of understatement. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so your guitar is safe. You're safe. So. The two of you together. That's what I was going to say. There's a small matter of the Irish Sea. (laughs) (laughs) So, assuming that your guitar gets back or is safely collected when you get back, uh, you're coming to to Ireland for a run of gigs. You're you're literally you're around the country. I mean, you're 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 in the four the four provinces, and um, your 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 connection. You were saying with with. with with Irish music, you would have come into contact with a lot of people. You know, we had various folk booms in America and England and Ireland, and you would have been part of that first wave of folk singers that would have looked back to the likes of, well, I, I believe where you got your name, um, the, the, the great folk singers of the 30s, but bringing things up to date and looking around at your own folk music, the folk music of your country. So... Your connection yeah. with Ireland goes does goes all that way back. Yeah, indeed it does. I mean, I, I, well, so sadly, so many of my early friendships and 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 relationships with the musicians of, uh, in Ireland, uh, you know, some of them moved on, some of them retired, some of them passed away. But the the effect and the um, you know the cultural effect as well as as with me always. Um, I always loved. Uh, the old blues music, and that's where I learned to play the guitar. So I took the name McTell from, of course, from Blind Willie McTell, immortalized by Bob Dylan and his wonderful song, uh, No One Sings the Blues Like Blind Willie McTell. I took that name very early on, about 1966, and uh, and gradually got into the folk club scene over in UK. And of course, the Irish were well represented there. I mean, I think Luke Kelly was living in England at that time when I first saw him. And, you know, uh, and then the songs began to seep into me. I loved the stories and the narrative songs and the tunes were quite, still remain quite beyond me. Irish traditional music I love, but I don't attempt to play it. I've, I've got enough other things to, you know, that occupy, me, occupy my guitar style and so on. And I just actually listen and love it. I've um, 
grown incredibly fond of it. Uh, and currently, uh, because of this connection, I've, I've got um, a whole slew of wonderful Irish artists recording songs that connect me with Ireland. I'm not Irish as far as I haven't been able to establish, but I've, I've got this, I don't know, I've got an empathy and a feeling for Ireland and the, and the culture, and and it's now been reflected in some wonderful artists recording the songs for the future album. Right. We're going to call it From There to Here. <laughs> for, um, well, for, for, for people who know your music, it's a lovely play on one of your more famous songs, but I'm, I'm just curious, the way you've described it, and you actually use a word which I literally last week, and I claim to be an Irish speaker, but I'm always learning, and slew is a word yeah. that comes from Irish. Slua means a, a crowd or a grouping or something like that. So it's amazing the way... Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm discovering this the whole time. Like smithereens is another one and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it, it, it constantly amazes me, having seen... Like I would have I've spoken to, to various um, folk singers over the years, various um, ages, and they all talk about that that connection between folk singers of one country and another and while politically we might be supposedly on different sides when you get down to folk songs the songs of people they're the mm. same the concerns yeah. are the same they're human people Frank Hart always talked about he always said I, I, I always love a man who loves a, a, a ballad because he yeah. felt that was the 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 true voice of the people which is okay it, it, it's what we call folk but mm. these days those those labels get turned around, turned inside out and, and yeah, washed in various do, hues. Yeah, yeah. It'll do. Folk will do. I, I mean, I big Bill Brunsey, one of the old blues singers, said, well, of course I sing folk songs. They don't, they're not written by horses or something <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> That's but, a fair point. You know, I know, the, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Is, but like they 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 say the 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 winners are in the history and and the losers write the songs or something and it's it's something along those lines that I think connects with people and and and, and thinking of your own songs and I know even the name of the the tour and the the project from there to here I mean your connection with the young man that you met working uh yeah. working in the building sites when you were working in the building sites that gave you an insight yeah. to another life and obviously the 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 lovely phrase gave you the title of the song Indeed, it did, and because by that, by the time I actually wrote the song, the incident occurred in 1962 when I was on, I was only about 17 or 18, and he was about 15, I think, the lad that was lying about his age. Right. But you know, when when the, the the subject of the lump unemployed, unin, sorry, non-unionized labour being used in an exploitative way in the building industry over here, it was called the lump. Right. I suddenly remembered those days, and that that came back to me. So that phrase had stayed with me for for all those years from Claire to because that's how he answered me when I asked him how he was feeling. I said, "Oh, it's a long way from Claire to here." And the poetry of that that yeah. one line, we would have said, "It's a long way from here to Claire," and I would have forgotten it. But yeah. because he said Claire first, I always remembered it. It um, had a it know, had a lilt to it, yeah. It it, it, it lodged, and, and also it was the first thing he mentioned. Home was the first thing, you know. Right. From Claire, that was the first thing he thought about, and then the, then he thought about where he was. So I think that's why it stayed. But you yeah. know, I've, I've observed Irish people, Irish friends, that kind of mentality where you kind of stick together in certain areas of London, as you know, are are known as sort of Irish areas where people meet and live and stay like you know, they call it county kilkenny uh, they could not kilkenny county kilburn county kilburn yeah you know, in north london 
So, you know, and so that mentality, and I'd read somewhere about four lads sharing a room, and then when they went off to work, four other lads went, climbed straight, you know, it was those sort of things, those images, and they seemed to have hit home. And, and, and one of my proudest moments as a songwriter is I picked up a book of Irish traditional music not that long ago and flicked through it to find that Theatre Here was actually written in 1846 during the, after the potato famine and uh, was uh, and it was traditional and uh, and that was it you know so I claim I've written <laughs> try to get the solicitors on the case but but no, joking, no, joking. I'm not worried. I take it as a great compliment you know well, that isn't it though but but in in that way is isn't it that that it is received in the same way as other songs that would have been written and passed over in that oral tradition well, in the exactly, 1800s yeah. or poetry or whatever that reflected a life of that time yeah. but yours yeah, reflected I, a life in the 1960s it did, it did, it, and I, you know, but it, it also is is a song about home, isn't it? You know, the dreams that fade and, and don't get fulfilled sometimes and, and the longing for the Welsh have a word. We don't have a word, but the Welsh have a word, I think it's called hiraeth in Welsh. I don't know if it's a similar word in in Irish that yeah. connects that longing for home, you know. Yeah, uh, well, there's... It, it, it's a lot of songs. Being, being Irish, um, I, I know we don't do single words for things, but we do phrases. Yeah. <laughs> so there might be 15 yeah. words that have to be spoken together. And again, depending on which part of the country you come from. But there is, there is... Yeah. There, well, kua is actually a very small, small word. I remember that from a song I, we would have sung in school, kua er McCree, something in my heart, that, that kind of longing in my heart. Uh, but yes. look, we're an emigrant. We're an emigrant people. I mean, you know, depending on who you speak to, we built America. We built the the underground and most of the motorways. But that was just our uh, that was our economic reality. But we had downtime, and we brought our culture with us. But there was that longing that you couldn't be back. But knowing yeah. that going back meant that there was no work. Yeah. You know, there's that, and that's a that's a shared experience. That just not just Irish. Maybe we just yeah. perfected the art of, of of writing and speaking about it, and it seeped into our consciousness. But it, it strikes me that it it has done that with you, Ralph. Being being a folk singer, you would have come across, I'm sure. You know, going back as you say to to the likes of of Willie McTell, they were singing about the experiences of their people, their country, their previous country, and. Absolutely. You know, ours is 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 one version of it. I mean, we emigrated to Scotland and uh, and London, particularly because that's where the 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 money was, quite literally. Mm. But when it came to putting together this this collection, was it this massive mountain of God? There's so many. Where do I go? Where do I start? Was it a tricky start to the project? No, because I've been writing about it subconsciously uh, ever since. I started making songs, you know. I mean, for example, uh, there was a... Well, Clarity here is, of course, the best known, but there, there are so many others with sort of slightly more tenuous connections. For example, my daughter went to study uh, um, uh, at university at Queen. She was given two alternatives, Scotland or Ireland, and I said, well, Belfast, I know it's a, it's a city with... with, with, with um, problems but you, it would be good if you know to to learn about other other cultures and and to, to witness what it's like to be an outsider because you will be an outsider and she opted for Belfast and I remember going over to Queens and seeing her into this tiny little room uh, uh, and leaving her there and 
feeling dreadful when I saw all these other red-eyed parents wandering about who'd left their children at university, taken them and left them there for to, to, to study. And I suddenly remembered the the Irish prayer, may the road rise to meet you, and I, I, I and meet your step, you know, and letting go being a, such a hard thing for a parent to do, to let the kids go. And I wrote a whole song, and I even attempted, to, I was congratulated by Christy Moore for my attempts at Irish, uh, that, you know, go, go Nairi and Bohai laugh, and, and, um, and some other words, part, and I wrote them as part of the song. And I'm fascinated by all sorts of aspects. I had an Irish neighbour who lived upstairs when we were very poor, and just after the war, and his name was Mr. Connerton. He's got a song. I called his name as we had to call him Mr. Connerton at the time. We knew no. <laughs> but, you know, so yeah. I, I, when suddenly it was my son who said, "Dad, all these songs connecting with Irish. Why don't we come up with the project?" So that's how the project began. Right. And. Um, and I've been involved with Irish music and Irish musicians as friends and, and associates, right. you know, for as long as I've been in the business, really. I, it just seems, again, it's back to this connection. You know, on the face of it, you're growing up in England and in the folk, English folk tradition or whatever. But again, we're talking about movements of people and migration and emigration. And, you know, as you say, four lads in a room, they leave and four lads come in. And we see we see that again and again and again in the developed world with different yes. cultures um, yes. of necessity having to travel from one country to another to get a better standard of life for their families at home or for whatever reason. And it's not just this you know, reaching an age of reason or age of maturity or whatever you call it and deciding you want to just go and see the world. You have to, because there's no work for you. So these are, they're they're universal themes, but I suppose from the the, the point of view of um, the very things that you're talking about, it, it, you know, I don't think there's a single person who would criticise you, but did you feel that you had to be kind of sidestep or take extra care because it isn't as it were? your upbringing or your culture or your heritage, if you follow me. I think that's the, that's the answer of the poetic lyric, is that you leave people to decide where you're at by what you've written, rather than the sloganizing, you know, war is bad type songs. Yes, we know that. But, you know, if you can try and see or write in a way that makes people consider, that's the only thing that I think is worthwhile, that, that there'd be another meaning to the song you might be writing, so I write about Mr. Connerton, right, the Irish gentleman who lived upstairs with his little family. <coughs> but I'm also writing about the fact that I grew up without a dad, so as a father figure becomes important. I've written a song called Barges, which is also about needing uh, a father. Father figures are very important. So I always, there's always two, well, nearly always, there's two, two messages in my songs, and that will involve diplomacy and being aware of people's feelings you don't want to alienate people you want people to come into your world i think that i think demystifying songwriting is and de- and that's why I, i've adopted that folk, folk tradition of explaining where the song comes from so i tell stories before the song not to give away the the punchline not to do spoilers but to just say this song, I've got the idea from this from a newspaper headline, or I saw this from a lady that was, she was perpetually sweeping all the time, and I wondered why. And then I thought, when, and that's a new song, that's another song that, uh, um, that has been recorded for this album. Right. By Kathy from Dervish, she's doing a song called Bernadette is Weeping. 
but because weeping and sweeping, she'd lost her husband, and she was a perpetual sweeper, and Kathy recognized this in her own mother, who'd lost a, a daughter when she was quite young. So, you know, there are always, there's, there's, there's the first mean, what the, how the song hits you, but if you look a little deeper, you might find that, that there's a, there's something else going on as well, which I, I love those sort of songs. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's uh, w one of the things that, that songwriters try to uh, achieve is speaking yeah. and making their own meaning or explaining a story that may or may not be theirs directly or something they've seen or something, yes. and hoping that people understand that. But of course, there's always the danger that somebody will come along and have a completely different <laughs> meaning oh, on your song, and that's always, but, but you're giving them, as it were, with the explanation of folk, and it's the same with traditional music. You see it yes. with, with, with folk musicians to say, well, look, you, you know, this is not what I grew up with, but I, I got this song from somebody else, and this is my way of playing that tune, which yeah. might go back hundreds of years from one part of Ireland or England, or they could have heard it from somebody living in America. But all of a sudden, yeah. there's a richness added to just the pure listening. That it's, Indeed. you know, yeah. and, and, and there's something there for you, as it were, to hang on to, rather than, it's not a theatre performance, you're not pushing words out. Just no, not exactly. the same theater no. as that either, but you're not just saying things or making noises. You're you're connecting, you're making yes. connections. Well, one is hoping that's what one hopes for. Yeah. Yeah. So when is this album due out? Well, there's I I answer that with a, a slightly oblique <laughs> response, and that is there is time, there is rock and roll time, there's Irish time. And there's Irish rock and roll time. <laughs> and it's taking time. <laughs> That's a very subtle way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no sense of urgency. Yeah. 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 From, you know, we don't have a record company waiting for it. Right. I think when I've reached this sort of age and I'm having this, this wonderful opportunity to work with Irish artists that I've always loved and admired, that we'll have to just wait until it's ready and right. then it'll be out. And right. that's all I would say. Yeah. That's all I would say. You, uh, probably you, next year, hopefully. Right. Well, it, th that sounds like the most Irish answer. That last one is the most Irish. It'll be out when it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like every Irish mother. When is dinner going to be ready? When can I go to you know? But yeah. but at the same time, I think as 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 you say, you've you've got a different perspective from somebody say who studied Irish music, uh, you know, as as a young musician growing up, or maybe going through college and dipping into archives and traditional music or whatever. You're coming at it from a completely different perspective. And look, if it takes time, it takes time because I want to work yeah. with this person. I want them to tell that story or sing that song or work for me on this. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, you know, uh, and, and the fact, and it's interesting you mentioned record companies, the lack of them can be liberating mm. for people that they're not going, Ralph, we said we'd have this out now on the first week of December, and here we That's are now, right. and it's October, and everybody's panicking. You know, yeah, whereas, well, I'm, I'm, I'm free from all that right now, so I just do it when I want to, and I've got such a, I've got quite a long repertoire, big repertoire of, my own songs to, to fill in the gaps and keep yeah, me busy. And you're then, you you're not exactly stuck for music. It's not like this is your first <laughs> album. <you know>? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that actually, that was going to be another question because it, particularly with somebody who's had such a rich heritage and a large number of albums, the, the question becomes then when you go out on the road, like obviously you're not going to be, you may be previewing one or two of the, the, the songs that will eventually end up in the album. But in your own case, at this stage of your career where you're looking at a different project going on and you're going out doing, you know, as it were, the day job, part of it is going out mm. and singing songs for people. How do you pick 
uh, what or what can people expect, or do you have? It's kind of it. It depends on the night, kind of thing, or. Well, it does depend on the light, but uh, because I, I was at the risk of sounding name dropping. I was talking to Billy Connolly about this because he's another solo performer. He does something different, but we are solos. There's nowhere to hide. It, that you know, you get on stage and you you do your shtick, and that's it. And, and Billy said to me, "Well, I," he said, "I always like a challenge." He said, "I always put in a wild card and see where it goes." And I and I have to say that's true, but I've seen more Billy Connolly gigs than almost anybody else. I would say over the years, right. not fair but, book and but, but somebody who started as a folk singer as well. He was a banjo player. Yeah, yeah. that's right, and a very good one. But and but having a challenge and putting something difficult in means you're you you never get to, to that kind of repetitive uh, Vegas type performance. You know, there's always an edge there that oh, well, I remember the words. I mean. So many times I've been singing a long song and I'm thinking, oh my God, what's the next verse? How does it begin? You're thinking that while the next verse... And suddenly the, the words pop in and away you go. And, and when you're a soloist, you don't have to worry about the band being one beat ahead of you or right. two beats behind you because you can just... You are the band. The until you can remember the words. <laughs> <laughs> that has frequently happened to me because there's a vast number of songs... In my in my head of my own my own writing in particular, where where there's I probably got could call to mind two hundred I should think without having to look at a prompt sheet you know right so they're locked in they take a long time to write and they and they're stuck there and I and I very seldom forget a lyric very yeah. well long long may that continue of course because um you know one one of the things is one of the reasons to 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 chat with you today is to to highlight your coming to the Watergate Theatre beautiful beautiful venue and looking like uh, heading towards a, as a sellout um audience for that but you are literally all over the country if people do want to to come and see you because we're we'll be putting this out uh, out outside of the, the the broadcast area so you're around the country i presume your website is the best place to get to for information Got everything there quite a lot of stories and information yes it's it's really been Yes, yeah, everything will be there. All the details and box office numbers and everything will be there, I think, yeah. Good stuff. Well, hopefully your guitar is in Kilkenny in time for next week and the rest of the tour. Well, yes. Well, I must be honest, Martin, I have more than one now over the years. You I know, was going I to say, it, 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 it's not just, you're not like B.B. King with just one Lucille, not that he only had Lucille, one. No, I've got, I've, got my, I've got several of the same model, but I've got my favourite, and, uh, you know, you'll be, you'll be hearing the one that I've had since I was 19 wow. uh, uh, on the road when I, when I come to Kilkenny and, and uh, on my tour. I should be bringing Miss Gibson, I call her, after <laughs> Reverend Gary Davis's Miss Gibson. He had a Gibson guitar, too, so this is my Miss Gibson. Nice one. Well, hopefully the pair of you meet, meet along the road and, uh, and and get down to us. Good luck with the tour. And I'd love to chat with you when the album is out and you can speak more freely about what's what's That'd actually happened. Good stuff. That would be great, Martin. I look forward to that. Kill the podcast.